0: Greetings and welcome to Tales for Our Time, Season 1, Episode 1. Finally got round to sitting down and recording an episode for this podcast and I'm very excited. I'm pleased that you've decided to listen in and join us from wherever you may be in the world. As you may have guessed from the accent, I'm recording this from here in Scotland, from a little village called Scotland Well, somewhere near the heart of Scotland, and right now, as I'm recording, we're just transitioning into winter. We're just past the equinox and we're now in that time of year where night is longer than day. And it feels like a good time to get some stories out there. Can really feel that shift in the weather, in the seasons. And Although it seems like it was only a few weeks ago that I was swimming in the loch and sunning myself on, on nice warm rocks, which occasionally happens in Scotland, it now really feels like those days are behind us. The leaves are turning from green to golden brown, the rowan trees are heavy with many red berries. And I've been told by a particular elder that when the rowan berries are heavy, it could be a hard winter. But there's also a real abundance in this moment. Lots of blackberries, brambles for gathering, mushrooms on the forest floor if you know how to identify them. And the hazels are out in the trees too, the hazelnuts. So if you can beat the squirrels, it's really time to go out and gather. Go out and harvest and prepare for the winter that's to come. And one way of dealing with the winter or making the winter that little bit more joyful or manageable here in the north of Scotland, northern part of the world, is to gather. And you may recognise the word Cayley, but the old style of Cayley was to gather with people with kin. Gather round a fire, share some food, share some stories, share some songs, share maybe some poems, or whatever you've got up your sleeve. And a wee bit of crack, as we would say. So this is... um, this episode is getting recorded and sent out there to throw another story into the collective mix. And hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully it's one you may feel like telling yourself. And maybe it will inspire you to organise a Kaylee for you and your friends through the winter, wherever you are in the world. The story I'm going to tell today is one of my favourites. And I'll probably say this every week on the podcast, but I, this is one that I tell as much as any other. It's an old Scottish traveller tale. And we storytellers in Scotland, we owe a lot to the travellers. The travelling the communities who carried these stories and songs and preserved them when settled folk were turning to television and radio for their entertainment. So this first story is one of my favorites and it's also a wee nod a wee nod of acknowledgement to the travellers who've kept the storytelling tradition so alive and strong in Scotland. And if you settle down, if you get yourself comfortable, I think we'll begin. The seasons have turned. As the cold north wind blew, the last of the auburn leaves fell from the trees to the ground. The fox sat in his den shivering. He was cold. He was hungry. He was scared. For three days he hadn't eaten and what's more, for three days he'd been getting hunted. Men with hounds on horseback. And with the winter only just approaching, well if he didn't eat soon he'd never make it to December, let alone through till March a serious predicament so he sat there in his den flicking his bushy tail chewing upon his paw wondering what can I do how can I get some food in my belly how can I get some energy to get me through the week and he thought and thought and thought and then thought well there is one thing there's one option that just might work but it's by no means guaranteed and it will be dangerous for sure but what choice did he have And so he crept to the mouth of his den and (laughs) sniffed the air. It was dusk, the dimpsy time when the sun was setting in the west. And as far as he could tell, the coast was clear. He cocked his ear. Nothing but the sound of the birds settling down to roost. And so he crept from the mouth of his den to the shade of a tree, to the shelter of a bush, to tree, to bush, to tree, to bush, until eventually he came to the edge of the forest. And from the edge of the forest he gazed out, and he saw a light. There in the distance, a little orange glow, and that was where he had to go. He stuck low to the fence line, sticking always to the shadows. He came across the side of the field, one field, two fields, three, until eventually he was there, right at the source of the light, and the light, it came from the farmer's kitchen window. And his window was open and just at that moment the farmer was settling down to his dinner and that night he was having a delicious meal for his supper. He had roast chicken with tatties or potatoes and gravy and roast veg and all the trimmings and this delicious aroma wafted out, wafted out of the kitchen window and passed through the cool autumn air. And as the fox smelt this dinner, his his belly rumbled. His mouth watered, and he thought, What I wouldn't do for a taste of that meal the farmer's sitting down to. But no, I can't get distracted with that. And he carried on round the side of the farmer's house, round the side of the farmhouse till he heard, Buck, 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 Buck. The chickens settling down to roost, what he wouldn't do for a nice, plump, juicy chicken. But no, he didn't even have the energy for that. So he carried on right round the back of the farmhouse, where he was met by a familiar face. Cousin Fox, what brings you here? Well, you know, Cousin Dog, I don't come here often. You know, know, it's a bit dangerous for me to brave coming this close to the farmer's house. You know that he doesn't make me welcome. But times are tough and I felt like I had no choice for three days. I've been getting hunted for three days I haven't eaten. And I know that you're so well fed here that sometimes you've got a little morsel going spare that you wouldn't mind sharing with an old cousin such as me. On you go, said the dog. I couldn't even nearly finish my dinner tonight. On you go. It's yours. And the fox didn't need to be asked twice. He gulped and gulped and gulped the remaining of the dog's food and he licked and licked and licked the bowl till it was silver and shining and he could see his own reflection in it. And then he sat there panting, contented at finally having a, a decent meal in his belly. And it was then that the dog spoke to him and said, Cousin Fox, you need to change your ways. What do you mean? said the fox. You're getting too old for this running about in the middle of the night, stealing chickens, getting shot at. You're not getting any younger, you know. Well, what am I meant to do? I'm a fox. That's what we do. Get a job. Like me, said the dog. A job? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Explain this job. What does having a job involve? Well, I'll start with the best parts of the dog. You get two meals a day. Juicy bones, bits of meat, pedigree chum, all sorts. It's wonderful. Delicious. And next, see that kennel there behind me? See the comfy blankets, toasty warm I am every night, even through the winter. And if you look here, you'll see my collar. It's got my name on it and everything. Oh, aye, said the fox, you do look rather fetching in your collar. And that bed does look pretty comfy. "'So what would I need to do to get all that?' said the fox. "'Not very much,' said the dog. "'It's mostly barking. "'You hear someone snooping about, you bark. "'You hear a wild creature round the chicken shed. "'Maybe even yourself, cousin. "'I give a bark. "'In fact, sometimes, a bark, "'just so the farmer thinks I'm busy.' "'That's amazing, "'I mean, I can bark,' said the fox. "'I'm great at barking. "'Are you telling me, for a bit of barking, "'I would get two square meals, "'a comfy bed and a nice fancy collar?' That's about the size of it, said the dog. If you're good at barking, and good with the kids, you'd be grand. Get a job as a dog like me. Come and work for the farmer. Well, the fox thought about this for a while. Thought about the reliable food, the comfy bed, and thought about how handsome he would look with a collar like the dog had. And it was then, as he looked at this collar, he noticed something attached to it. Cousin dog. Cousin dog. What is that attached to your collar? Oh, that's that's my chain, said the dog. Your chain? Are you telling me you're some kind of slave? Oh, no, said the dog. I'm definitely not a slave. I get walked at least twice a day. I get well treated, well fed. No, I'm, I'm definitely not a slave. It's a job I've got. It's a job. And the fox thought about this. He thought about how good... It would be to food every day. He thought about the nice comfy bed with the blankets. He thought about the collar. And he said, Cousin dog, all of these things sound wonderful. I like your food. I like the look of your bed. I like the look of your collar. But the thing I love most is my freedom. So I know that the life of a dog is not for me. And I thank you for your kindness this evening but I must be on my way. And with a flick of his bushy tail, he disappeared into the night. And that was the last time that Cousin Dog saw Cousin Fox. But often, when he could hear that yipping and howling in the distance, as the moon was high in the sky, he would wonder what that wily old cousin of his might be up to. So there you have it, the tale of the dog and the fox. And that's really one of my favourites. It's often a story I'll tell as a bit of a warm-up to other stories. A nice short one, one that maybe you'd fancy telling yourself. Yeah, it's definitely a popular one. It's a kind of classic one over here in Scotland. And... It's hard not to love the fox in that, car- in that story. And I think as storytellers, we've often got a soft spot for the trickster, which the fox maybe is in, in this country. Or a soft spot for those edgy characters. And the, the fox is definitely an edge character. Someone who dwells in the liminal space between night and day and country and city. And the fox is a survivor, kind of similar to humans in a way. So I've definitely got a soft spot for the fox. And the way that these stories sometimes work is that you'll tell them for long enough and over time they reveal different elements, well, to me as the teller. And it was just recently I was telling this story, first live gig in like over a year at Budafield Festival down in the southwest of England. Really gorgeous festival. And I was there being accompanied by my musician friend, Danny Emerson, really gifted singer-songwriter. You should check his music out. And again, opened with this story and then told some others and got to the end of the set. And he's like, he came to me and he's like, yeah, I think it just makes sense. I think the storyteller, to lead a life as a storyteller, you've kind of chosen the path of the fox. And it was so obvious but i was like yeah i hadn't really picked up on that so there is a certain appreciation for the fox but also over time recognizing the the place of that dependability of the dog and like ultimately the fox occasionally has to go with his tail between his legs and go and ask the dog to help him out so it really takes all kinds doesn't it poets builders teachers farmers the works But it does throw up that question, like, what is our non-negotiable? What are the things that we can't sacrifice for comfort? And, yeah, if you feel like commenting, maybe mentioning the thing that, for you, is like freedom for the fox. The thing that is most precious, that you couldn't trade for any amount of comfort in the world. And on the flip side... As we head towards winter, I think it is a time to maybe allow a little bit more comfort in our lives. I'm definitely welcoming that. I'm definitely more keen to get the fire on, get some heat in the bones, warm the house up and rest. That kind of letting go, that need for adventure and that need for freedom that I really enjoyed through the summer. But I would really welcome your reflections, your ideas in the story. Say... Uh, what you got from it. Maybe there's one moment that stood out for you. If you've got any questions, tips for telling, stick them in the comments below. And if you've enjoyed it, yeah, maybe share a link to this podcast with your friends. Subscribe, like, comment, do all the usual stuff that will help help this podcast grow, as I would hope it, hope it will. And just to finish, just to lead out, I'm going to read a wee poem or... Somewhere between a poem and a blessing, it's from a book I found recently called Hebridean Altars: The Spirit of an Island Race. And it's a kind of mixture of blessings and poems and reflections that were gathered up in the Hebrides in the century before last. And I think this one I found, this particular piece I found in this book, I think matches nicely with the story today, and with the tra- it's also got a travelling woman or a tinker woman, as she used to be called. So I'm going to finish with this. Thanks for listening today. And hopefully we'll catch you again next time. This is The Three Comradeships. Said the thriving man to the tinker's wife, Spell me the secret of your happy life. I could not bide it, I was never made, To couch in bracken with the birch for shade. It seems scornful of the things I hold worth while. Nor am I ravished of the woodland note that breaks in tumult before the merle's apt throat. Yet you love them all. But why? What's the art that turns the rose petal into quiet of heart? That turns rose petal into quiet of heart? Ah, easy to answer. She softly said, I'm richer than you, that's your riddle red. Have you heard far music? Or the whispering tales that the tide brings in when the white moon pales? Or glimpsed the slim grace of the tall June grass, Bowing demurely to the winds that pass? Or strayed through the glen where the wild violet grew and thought, Heaven will be nothing new So I envy none If I'm poor I'm free To the feast love spreads For the likes of me And may the feast of love Spread outwards to you Listening to this podcast Wherever you may be